coming to you live from Parkview Studios, the terrace. I am Sal Biazzi. Wait, how do we do this? Uh, welcome to the Brothers Catch Up, <laughs> a weekly podcast where two brothers come together to just catch, catch up. up. I'm Sal Biazzi, mm-hmm. and alongside me is my brother, Frankie Biazzi. And there we go. This is our 42nd episode. 43rd, I thought. Yep, we just talked about it. This is our forty third episode. This is the best intro we've had yet. And I gotta be honest, I think the terrace is my favorite spot to record. I like the garage, but I would like the garage if there weren't cars in the in like the driveway. Yeah, but they give us a little shade, like cover from, from fire. Like also, we're it's very just, exposed here. It's just sometimes it gets a little hot in the garage. We know what it's like if a sniper peers from across the lake. Don't say that. <laughs> um, but it's just such a nice day out, so we're overlooking the lake. This is nice. We can uh, talk. We can talk about things. Uh, so, we can talk about things. I feel like there's there's always no shortage of things to talk about, but it's just a matter of like what you want to talk about. Here's what I want to like, talk about. Yeah. This week. This is not, I won't say week. The past, like, four days. Between NFL talk ramping up, college football being back, MLB in their playoff pushes, Twitter? Twitter's better again. <laughs> Twitter doesn't... I don't go on Twitter and then immediately want to kind of kill myself, you know? Like, I go on Twitter and I'm like, it's mostly sports. And I like when my Twitter timeline is mostly sports. Distracts me from the real tragedies of life. It is funny how manufactured a lot of Twitter is, and when it's the political, like, I don't know, how they make things trend, Yep. but when it's, like, these artificial, like, stories, and 90% of the comments are, like, the same liberal talking point, it's, like, the it, worst dude, place on joke. Earth. It becomes, there like... Was, there was a picture today on the top of our pics with the headline, prepare for a... A COVID spike in Las Vegas, and it was a picture of like a crowd, and it was like, "Can we can we stop with this whole like fear mongering over crowds? Because like we don't really care. We've had so many events for so many different things. There's no proof that these things lead to COVID spikes. What's well, that selective, you know, editorialism that they engage in, where they won't criticize the U.S. Open?" But they'll criticize Sturgis. Yeah, like, like it's, it's so it's so dumb. One thing happens in New York, another happens in South Dakota. So and it's, it's like this one's bad. <laughs> yeah, and we can't do that. Like if you want to say they're all bad, that's fine. I disagree with you. But, but like when you're protesting for Black Lives Matter, it's that's okay. Fine. When you're protesting anything else, it's, it's bad. Not, yeah, like so that's what makes it political. There's no consistency in anything because again, it, it, what you just said, it's all political. If it were if it were consistent, you wouldn't say, "Oh, this is just a political thing. This is literally for health and safety." But it's like that with every aspect. But I mean, we I think we're really doing ourselves a disservice because we talk about COVID too much. COVID has ruined everything when you really think about it. Because now we're two years into COVID. If we're being real, when we started our political discussions in terms of. Maybe our, both of our real political awakenings, our most recent political awakenings, it was the 2016 election. 
Yeah. And all of that corruption that was exposed... You've lost all progress on it because COVID Because now we're just been... talking about COVID. Yeah. And not only are we just talking about COVID, the people who are the most corrupt, who need to be held accountable, are, using, are but, the ones that are in, that, are in power during but, this but shouldn't disaster. That, but shouldn't that just show you exactly what the point of COVID is? Yes. Whether COVID is, is a real virus... Whether it was man-made in a lab, how it escaped, all these things. And none of it matters. No. What matters is, like, we're talking about it. That's all we can do. And that's all we can do. Our lives are dictated by COVID and now government mandates. We're not talking about the fact that before the 2016 election, there was a whole bunch of people who decided that the elites were having sex with children. (laughs) Like, we don't talk about that anymore. That's a pandemic. That's a a huge (laughs) pandemic. That's a pandemic. We talked about what, like the six hundred thousand missing kids a year. It's crazy. It's like crazy it's number. Crazy. Like we don't. Again, it just goes to show we don't really care about anything. No. Because we care about selective things that push narrative. I really didn't want to bring this up on this episode, but we're already talking about real stuff. I was hoping we could talk about not real stuff. We can, but we can talk about not real stuff. Well, it's too late. This is just we'll a nice go, little intro. We'll go back. Yeah. But we'll I wasn't gonna bring this up. But the abortion shit in this country is. Insanity. I saw people it talking about abortion. Yesterday. So disgraceful. The fact that life, human life, at our disposal, at the United States' discretion, is ended around the globe in our name through the most corrupt means. Our our treasure and our good name and reputation disgraced. And it's these politicians that do that. And it's the political focus of the grassroots on the ground is abortion. Is abortion like what I what I, what bothers me is I don't understand what the opposition here wants. Like I'm, I would consider myself on the pro-choice side because I am not someone who thinks that all abortion should be illegal. But I do understand that Texas is a place where maybe they feel differently than they do feel in some parts of the country. Maybe places like Alabama and Tennessee might feel different from New York and Connecticut. So when those states decide on their own, like, okay, we're going to outlaw abortion, you might find that those laws are restrictive. But the argument on the other side where it has to be this universally enforced policy of maximum abortion is horrific to me. And then... The national news spends days and days and days spinning this issue as if, like, women's rights as humans is depend on, on whether or not they can abort a fetus. And it's crazy. And we start t- getting into the weeds of this argument. Like, when does human life begin? Is it at six weeks? Is it at 24 weeks? Is it this? Is it that? It's like, can we really focus on the fact that we are talking about what abortion is? And at the end of the day, it's, end- it's a eugenics argument here. If we actually were honest about the history of organizations like Planned Parenthood or the eugenics movement in America, we would recognize that the abortion movement and the politicians that push it are part of a eugenics movement that goes back to the 1920s. So, like, I oppose that. I think that all people are entitled to lit, right? I don't think if you're, like, going to be downs, you should be aborted. I don't think if you're, you know, but I think that everyone has a right to choose to a certain extent. At the end of the day, though, the opposition here seems to want every state to have to allow maximum term abortions at all times, or women have no rights at all. They're essentially a subclass of human beings, and that seems crazy. That seems like a very crazy argument. I think it was around the time of the 2016 election when I really started... It was like when my eyes opened to this idea of like, oh wait, we all don't have to live under the same laws. Like We don't need to. There's no reason for what we believe in on the East Coast to be what you have to believe in the middle of the country. Like, 
Like, like, and the people who think that are either people who've never traveled. Like, just go. Go to these other states. Go spend time in, um, it doesn't matter, Tennessee. And into, like, the, these rural suburbs and see the churches on the corners. and the, Like, it's just a different, it's a different culture there. And that's okay. It is okay for those people to have different laws. And if they want to outlaw abortion, let them do that. And if you're someone who lives in those states and you don't want that, move. We can't be afraid to move to the things we want. We talk about this all the time. Like, if what my political ideology is not lining up in the state of New, New Jersey, it, well, guess what? We have to get out. And that's kind of, I think, where we're all going to go as a society moving forward. Like, I think we have to. We have to start moving. The real... The real issue here, though, is abortion isn't really, in my opinion, it's not as big an issue as we talk about. Like it's the not fact at all. That, the fact that every, everything is happening in the world, but and you we actually, are stuck on this argument of abortion, and like whether or not all abortions have dude, to but, be allowed at all times is a crazy argument. But it's not abortion. It's like it's everything, right? Like the yes. fact that we still talk about racism. Yes. Like it, They're all, all of it is nonsense, and it, it it distracts from the biggest issues that there are. And the biggest issues there are our is government that our corrupt. government is insanely corrupt. <laughs> it's failing. All, we are all so we're all fucking slaves to it. Stupid. Yeah. Like we're so dumb that we even have these arguments about abortion, or about being anti-racist, or any of it, or about like healthcare. It's all shit. Like, why would you want to give this government? Okay. Why would you want to give this government the power over your healthcare? Or don't we see now, like the idea with this vaccine mandate and the masks thing? Like from the very beginning of this pandemic, it's all the argument's always been the government isn't worthy of our trust with these issues. The government isn't responsible with our livelihood. Nope. They are irresponsible with the money we give them and the lives of our children, which they waste in wars overseas for profit and oil. We should know these things by now. It's a lesson learned. Generation by generation by generation at this point. Why would we then hand them the power that the left in this country wants to hand them? And I'm not an... I think at this point, I, we've talked a lot about what we define our politics as. At this point, I'm just anti-Democrat. Like, well, I just want the Democrat and the you know, leftist ideology in this country know, to lose because you know they are dangerous. Is, do you know why I, I really think it exists? Why? I think it's because it's easy. It is so easy to look at your life and to like find these challenges right and these things that maybe you want to go differently like ah man like this like health insurance is really expensive and the fact that like if you get hurt it can really affect like it's a, it's a hard challenge i will never say it isn't like i think that is a is an issue it is such an easy answer to just go we should just let the government do it takes all the responsibility of self out of the equation let the government do it and the problem is is it's not that's not the answer for the big things anymore that's the answer for everything everything yeah. everything oh there's a disease out there that i might get sick from the government better mandate this vaccine so everyone gets it so <laughs> i'm safe take some responsibility for yourself work out exercise take some supplements i don't know do whatever you gotta do to be safe, but it has nothing to do with my life. And it's... It's just... I don't know, it's weird. But back to the abortion thing real quick. Like, you kind, you just said it. Like, I don't think abortion has anything to do with women's rights. No. It has nothing to do with women's I rights. I mean, to, to the extent that a woman who doesn't want to have a baby 
should be able to decide that. It is. Well, I get that I, argument. I, but... I, I don't know if this is going to be controversial. But I we, a, I'm not pro-choice. Okay. I used to be. I'm pro-choice under certain exemptions. Rape? It's about it. Like, if you are consenting and having unprotected sex, and you get pregnant, that is a choice you make. And in life, when you make choices, there are consequences for these choices. You have to live with those consequences. If that means you're 17 years old and you have a baby, that's that's life now. I don't make the rules. I think that... I think there's merits to the argument that... like. Abortion isn't an issue, and this is why it's not an issue that we should be arguing on a nationwide level as much, and our, our focus is so dedicated to it is because of how perverse our society is. Like, abortion should be treated with a lot of weight. Like, when we, at the end of the day, we're talking about ending the life of a child. 100%. Now, pregnancy is a very fragile thing. So, there is merit to the argument that the difference between a very early pregnancy and a very late pregnancy are very different. And the procedures in order to... Like an abortion that we... A blanket term for everything from 6 to 40 weeks, not really good. Like you can go to CVS up until like 28 weeks and get a pill and then that's it. Now, whether or not I think that's morally okay, it's much different than going to a doctor at 36 weeks and having them remove something from you that's pretty much fully formed. We don't have that kind of nuance in our discussion here. Is... I think this is an issue, like most issues in our country, where we should just come to some reasonable compromise. But because of the nature of politics, as we've discussed on this podcast, it's inherently immoral. You're always going to be forcing your will on the unwilling. That is, that is violence. That is force. Unnecessary force. When you're making people do things they don't want to do to comply with something that you want them to do, you're using force. So the government's always going to have that component. And because of that, nuanced discussion will always get lost because people fight from the extremes because well, not, they're trying to preserve what they view as their way of life which is why in this country abortion is argued so forcefully but it's why our system is good because the individual states can do what they're doing now which is determining it but the democrats don't want that anymore but they don't want the that. democrats are so sick of individual state rights they want everything to be unanimous across the board even though they live in their one fucking house in their one <laughs> little town they want everyone to live their life in the way they see fit. And I think it's a disease that is coming for all of us. <laughs> to be fair, though, they would say that Roe v. Wade is a president that was established, you know, in the 70s. So you know, why would we re go back and establish precedent? But the, the counter-argument to that has always been that the that the that was ruling wrong. was always that ruling is wrong. a bad ruling. Yeah. So... And look, Texas is going to have to fight this in court eventually. This law isn't going to go unchallenged. So, is there? We've been talking about. Well, not we. We've. No, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Um, but I feel like there's always like rumblings of this idea of like Texas seceding. I mean, if it were going, do we think there's a chance any state ever secedes? Doesn't have know. to be Texas. It's so hard to predict what's going on right now in this country. It, I think that we're our union is way more fragile than we think it is, but it's only the but it's because the union between man is so fragile here. So, you know, 
the diversity of our is our strength notion is actually undermined by the fact that like the less cohesive our culture is the less cohesive our society is the less cohesive the system is like everything is now going to be more fragile the less we get along and yes. the more we don't see eye to eye because we don't speak the same languages or we don't have the same upbringings I'll, I'd counter that though yeah I actually, I actually do think it kind of works that way because um, I actually think it's the woke white people that are ruining it for everybody well right I now I think yeah. the diversity is actually great because I think we all like <laughs> a lot like, of the people are like wow that, America's great crazy. Like, no but crazy. like they go America's America is great right like it, it I'm assuming we've talked about it before on this podcast. Like, a white privilege is a term that I, I hate. But if, just look at the, the word privilege. And when we're talking about, like, I have a lot of thoughts in my head, and I'm trying to figure out like how to organize them and get them out. Like, The American dream, for a long time, I thought was a lie and didn't exist. I grew up middle class, I went to a nice school, and I went, the American dream is bullshit, doesn't, it doesn't exist, these Republicans who don't want to give you this and that, and I'm, right? And now I sit here at 26 years old, I don't know, I still know nothing in this life, I still know nothing. But... What I really do know now, or at least I think I know, is, like, the American dream isn't dead. Like, it might be a little bit harder now. Things might cost more. Wages haven't gone up. So maybe that is a little different. I will, I'll concede that. But the idea that in America, you can start your own business. You can work hard. You can do whatever it takes. And you can make yourself a way of life here in this country. I don't care where you come from. You could come from the ghetto. You can come from a fancy rich name. It doesn't matter. You can do it in this country. And I think so many people do understand that. And I really think, kind of think that's like what we're fighting here. And I think what what's interesting is... The other side doesn't see that. No. <laughs> they think that... They think it's impossible. America's it's against impossible. you. That everything is... But the, it's the, the policies that they're voting for and the politicians they support they are the it. ones that are yeah. causing It's that. crazy. It's so crazy. It's if, so backwards. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because you, you guys are voting for these people who are Yeah, you know why it's hard? Because and... I got to pay $4 for gas because <laughs> you keep voting for assholes that keep doing this. <laughs> It's crazy. That you won't recognize the blatant corruption in our system. I meant, I started bringing something up before and then I forget what we were talking about. But, uh, that, one of my favorite TED Talks that you showed me over the years was, um, the Lawrence Lessig talking about Lesterland. He's one of the people that... He, I hate him now, because, like, I don't understand, like, if you're someone who agrees with us and listens to this podcast and you like what we have to say. Maybe you don't agree with us 100%, but you like the podcast. You know how many times... Go I, on go yeah. on, on YouTube. Watch Lawrence Lessig talk. I don't know what the name of that TED Talk is. He has a few TED Talks. But it's he talks about Lesterland and, like, the biggest problem in America. And, like, oh, we all have our issues, but we need to fix the first issue. And the first issue is... Money and politics. Money and politics. We need to get money out of politics. And that's how you fix corruption and all these things. You would think he would 
have followed up that that TED talk and back in 2016. Maybe he wasn't a Trump supporter, but he definitely would have been anti-Hillary mm-hmm. and he might might have been like Green Party, <coughs> no, Libertarian. No, no, no. He was full blown. I'm with her. All these things. So like <coughs> the that that type of shit really annoys me. But the TED talk itself is great. And when he talks about how, like, we all have these issues. You might think abortion is your number one issue. You may think it's uh, student loans. You may think it's health care. But it none of it matters because the first issue is government. That is the biggest issue. Well, even that, even that argument he made at the time, which to me resonated so much, that was before even Bernie Sanders' campaign. Um, is that it's actually not correct. Like, I don't even think money in politics is enough. That doesn't get to the heart of it. Because it's not just the lobbyists who pay the, who pay off the elected representatives. It's the bureaucracy itself. Yeah. And those people make taxpayer money. Now, I'm sure they get money from other ways, but you don't just shut off the dark funding that goes to the political packs and stop you know, ambassadors and and career NSA agents and I have an idea. Yeah. All right, I think like uh, Nancy Pelosi, right? Like she's made millions of dollars in her life. Yep. Not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to be rich if you want to get into politics. So like almost is like taking politics is almost like a, what a priest does is like you have to make sacrifices if you really want to be in politics you have to make sacrifices in your life because you're trying to do good for the betterment of our society. Here's something that I and don't, they don't do it for that reason obviously. I don't remember if I heard this from if we talked about it or if I heard this from someone else. Which is I I don't take credit for this but maybe it is mine. If it is mine <laughs> I, I take said credit. This, I'm, I'm a genius. But if it's not mine I, whoever said it is I think it's a good idea. Uh, a draft for politics. Like, you keep everything the same, but you're drafted. And you serve the term as if it were, like, jury duty. So, I think we did talk about this. We talked uh, about this, but I don't think this was your idea. Because you've... All of your ideas, I don't remember this one. The anarchy vote is my, my big one. Yeah. But, jury duty, essentially, like, you'd get a summons, and you just would serve two years in Congress. Like, just some random construction workers. and I don't hate that. And like, you just pick from the district. But if so it's like, a full-time job, people need to get paid. They make the money that you would get for that. You'd be the congressman. Right, like, you're the congressman. You make 60000 a year. <laughs> That's it. You make a dollar. You don't make a dollar more. You're just the congressman for two years. There's no speaking fees. But you don't, there's no book deals. there's no, like, re-elections or anything. It's no just re-ele- like... You just do your job. Just, hey, you're just the congressman now. And go back to your life afterwards. And if you're, if you're awful, like... You don't have to wear a fucking suit. You don't <laughs> gotta go on the campaign trail and do all these stupid but things. But you have to read the bills. But you, you gotta to, do the work. <laughs> you gotta read the bills. You gotta pass the laws and you gotta like be responsible to like the people you go back to. Honestly, I think that has a lot to do with it. It's like let's be honest. Working in politics isn't a real fucking job. No. It is a joke. Yes. It is an absolute joke. It may be one time long ago, once upon a time, it wasn't a real job and pe- there was like seriousness to it. Not anymore. Yeah. No, it's not. But, like, seriously, I don't understand why it's allowed for people to make money. (laughs) Yeah, like... Like, if you're a politician, 
Well, whatever the salary is that comes with that job. But we're to that the, is all you get. We're so far to the extreme though, where Congress literally passes laws that exempt them from like bankruptcy laws or from being like they can't get all of arrested those, for insider trading. All like, of those get repealed. Yeah, like and they all get thrown in jail. If we and, like, if we file for bankruptcy, right? We wouldn't be able to like get rid of our student debts, for example. Yeah. But Nancy Pelosi could file for bankruptcy, and her kids could get rid of their student debts. Like it's just like the the standards, the double standards for the political and ruling class in this I country think, is so apparent. I think like you give them like a list of like cars that they're allowed to own, it's like a Toyota Corolla, yeah. Chevy Malibu. Like you, you're not, you can't have a BMW, you can't have an Audi. Like you're gonna drive just normal cars. <laughs> you get a company car. Houses are no, not company. Like you have to pay for it yourself, but it's. It's an Equinox. It's, like, from a list. Like, you have to get it approved. <laughs> like, if it's not one of those... Like, no, you can't get the Honda Civic. Sorry. Honda Civic's a little too nice. Same thing like that. I, mean, I don't know. I... It's like senators would get drafted from the whole state. The president gets drafted, like, one... In, but it's like a lottery. So, like, the president's just one guy in the whole country. It's like an eight-year-old. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> just goes by your social security number. Kind of like the Dalai Lama, in a way. Like the Dalai Lama hey. is this six-year-old boy. Hey, it's just... We just know what it is. It has to happen. Um, I don't hate it. And then you'd have... But, like, you run the risk of, like, a sociopath gets drafted to be president. But it's always a sociopath. That's actually a great point. <laughs> it's a great always point. So, every one of them it's are sociopaths. It's not that different than now. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Alright, I'm on board. I'd almost rather have, like, illiterate homeless people in Congress and Senate and run for president. Are you kidding me? I'd much rather have <laughs> illiterate homeless people. Like, as much as the kids who, like, took over that part of Seattle and called it Chaz... As much as I find them to be domestic terrorists, as much as they find... Hilarious. Are you kidding me? I think they would be better qualified to run America than, like, the people who actually do it. Well... They show way more initiative than Joe Biden ever has in his career. That's what I was going to say. Like, <laughs> is it... The, is the illiterate homeless person any different than now? No! Is it really any different? <laughs> like, Hunter Biden... What What law... What What, what on the daily basis... What is Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer or Mitch McConnell? What what do they do on their day to day that is helping out my life that an illiterate homeless person wouldn't Couldn't be able do. to figure it out? <laughs> you can't tell me there's because, anything. But here's the thing: these people are cunning and malicious, so they're actively hurting. They're us. worse, exactly. So if you actually just put like the heroin addict from down it's the street better. in, like if you just elected the random heroin addict. That guy's not trying to actively fuck everyone over to put, well, to enrich them. So well, maybe to make get more heroin. One of like the biggest arguments against like <laughs> the anarchy stuff, right? Is like, uh, well, yeah. then it, everything just devolves into chaos. And really, no, that's not true. But I hope so. That sounds way better than now. Chaos? Are you kidding me? I would love chaos. This because isn't what do you chaos. Call this? <laughs> this isn't chaos. This is chaos. We have to go to work. Because <laughs> if it needs, like, if it takes chaos to. To stop this, let's do that. Well, it's like... What is it? The father of innovation is necessity or something like that? Time heals all wounds? No. (laughs) Like, uh... Innovation... I think it's necessity breeds innovation or something like that. Innova? Innovation. Innova. 
<laughs> the disc company? No. Disc golf? Innovation. Yep. Do you know what that word means? <laughs> Make stuff. It's like improve. What did I do last week that was shockingly dumb? I don't remember. Oh, ceramic. I didn't know oh, what yeah. ceramic meant. That wasn't on the podcast, though. No. But. Anyway, anyway, I know what innovation means. I was being a fuck. Necessity. Innovation is. Necessity is the father of innovation. Yeah. Well, if it, it did devolve into chaos, it would force us to. Like, right now, yeah. we're trying to come up with new systems, like this draft idea. But, like, if, because things, if this actually collapsed, we'd have to then eventually. Come up with an idea. Hey, what's better than. Because if you're saying that chaos and anarchy are terrible. We would eventually organize. Unless we decided that, hey, you know... Well, I kind of want to go full China anyway. And, like... <laughs> Social credit scores? Like, you don't... No, not that far. But just, like... You don't get to pick what you're going to do when you grow up. Like, it's so dumb that we even allow that. Like, you're born. We're going to put you through school. And if you happen to excel in certain categories... We're gonna find you a job that's gonna help. That's gonna you're gonna do that. That's horrific. I don't care. That's like, it's like. Uh... Oh, this kid sh- is showing that he's a better athlete at this young age than this person. Guess what? We're pulling you out of school. <laughs> We're, you're starting to train for the Olympics now. Oh man, you don't want. We, it's been proven over time that unhindered America is actually the best system. No, because I think unhindered America gets you this. Well, you have to hinder something. No, something no, no. has to be hindered. When it's when the motivation is purely self enrichment, that's when humanity thrives. That was me being a troll, by the way. I don't really think we should. But do you know what I mean? Force people to into jobs and stuff. Yeah, I would never want that. But do you know what? But do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I 100% know what you mean. So, I think that there are... The problem with that, though, is what happens in government and then, like, also just, like, in business when corporations do everything for that bottom dollar and you have people that are willing to skirt laws, break laws, and it affects... Your ability, but that's what I was—I was about to say. Like, if you—if you, it's proven out. I don't know how to phrase it. Like, the profit always becomes what we think of as free market. Yeah, but it's—I think free market is really freedom market. Like, it's just the idea that you're giving someone the ability to do whatever they want, unencumbered. Right? Yes. When that is what the free market is, it's proven to win over time. And that's and that's in all things. That's in like just the meritocracy of sports or it's in, you know, business over time in America. When it becomes corrupted and it becomes the free market and it starts to become about profit, that's when it becomes crony capitalism. Well and that's what we're trapped the in a cycle market, of crony capitalism. I think a free market is actually the answer to so many, so many things. Yes. Um, fun example. Look at Madden. Yeah. Madden is the worst video game in the world. <laughs> Yet it sells a billion dollars every year. Thousands of people play it. 
Not thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people play Madden. I bought, I bought Madden this year because I love football I and I want to play football. football. And guess what? My only option is Madden, so I have to play a bullshit game that sucks. But that's because it's the only thing that exists. There's no competition. Competition, because there's there's someone out there that goes, I bet I can make a video game that's better, where you'd get a better feel for football. And if I make that video game, people are going to really like that video game. They're going to pay for it. And I'm going to get to make money. And then guess what? That person made money. They did well. And me and you get to play a video game. That's better than Madden. That would be great. But that doesn't exist. It's amazing how bad Madden is this year. Yeah, it's awful. <clears throat> it's like... On the one hand, it could just be that I'm nostalgic for my childhood and that I think the games were so much better then. No, they always sucked. But they're getting worse. I just feel like they were better. They were like better. I, how many all-nighters did I spend just creating a team and playing a franchise? Why does franchise why is franchise mode so tedious and awful now? Like it's so crazy how bad this game is. And the menu screen is just like cra- it's it, it bottles the mind. Mind bottling. <laughs> it's like your mind is in a bottle. <laughs> Oh man. Yep. Um, there were yeah, there were so many things I wanted to talk to you about, but then we just went on this big tirade right, about well, political let's issues. Let's switch it up. I want to talk about. I don't really remember any of them. Was Madden one of them? No. Was the farm one of them? Nineteen Eleven handguns was one of them. I'm trying to find. I know <laughs> that there's a video yeah. that I watched in the past couple months of someone showing off their custom nineteen eleven. Ooh. And it is the coolest looking gun ever. God, I love him. And I can't find the video. I'm pretty sure it's a classic firearm video. I think Clint, the guy from that channel, has a like a custom 1911. But I can't find the video where he talks about it or shows it because he like, brings it in. It's, it's like gold-plated. It's awesome. Oh, you know who has a gold 1911? The whole thing isn't gold. Demolition Ranch has one. But the whole thing isn't gold. Well, his is gold-plated. It's just like... The, that like little the grip on the handle like that's got a little gold in it it's really nice I know Demolition Ranch is a gold 1911 there's some really nice 1911s yeah they're awesome it's gonna bring up that I watched the you know how YouTube has the shorts that are kinda like TikToks yep um I found one that was just like this dude shooting a fully automatic Taurus handgun cool and then I found a kid who works at Taco Bell and it's pretty awesome I like just watching my the food I love get made listen I'm throwing topics out <laughs> I finished the book oh yeah you didn't the finish first, the book you finished the, first the story. story I finished the first story now I'm taking a little break before I jump into the second story um actually I'll probably start it Tonight or tomorrow night? So you'll probably start knocking them out. You probably only have half the book left. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. So try to finish a story a week once I start it. It's my you goal. might find they because it took me like three weeks to read the first story. I think one of them is only like three pages. So like <laughs> they they'll fall off. You'll like get right through them. Uh, yep. Yeah, so I don't know. I just, 
I don't know. The world doesn't change week to week, but I feel like so much changes. And we're still just stuck in the same slow, unraveling, dystopian nightmare. And it's such a pity to me. Like, the greatest tragedy of it all is that we're trapped in the same... It's like Groundhog's Day, man. And maybe it's because now I'm just 31, so I'm old enough to, like, remember two now Republican-Democrat cycles. Like, George Bush was the worst ever. George Bush was literally Hitler, you know? Until Obama came and was Jesus Christ. And then Trump came and he was, like, literally Hitler, you know? And now Biden. And now Biden came, and he's the savior. But here's the thing. They're all corrupt and terrible. Trump was the one person we've had in my lifetime who at least came from outside of this terrible political system that we're all trapped in. It would be nice if we weren't arguing about who's more evil with one another and talking about each other, left and right, instead of talking about how the politicians on both sides of the political aisle have been withering away this country's decency. And taking away that free market we were talking about before, that freedom, and replacing it with the free market that they envision for the globe, which they want to bring, which is essentially what you were saying, a Chinese system, here, which is a crony capitalist system that's actually way more communistic. And it's horrific. And it's not going to be better for for humanity at all. It's going to be better for some of humanity, a very select few, and you're definitely not a part of it if you're listening to this podcast. But that's why they have such a problem in America, because we have a really, we have a true resistance. Like everything about our identity is rooted in resistance to this idea. So they can marginalize us and marginalize us, but there'll be a day when they have to, they have to do it by force and, and we're not going to back down. So I think, I think the people of this country have one more election left. Like, cycle. I think 2024, there's going to be someone who runs. And it's not going to be Trump. It's not going to be Trump again. I know Trump talks about it, but, like, there's going to be someone else. And it might come from the Democratic side. um, But there's going to be a... A voice. I actually think it'll... I actually think it's going to be an independent voice. I think someone's actually going to have the balls and try to run completely independent. And I think they're going to I think they're going to get people to to buy in. They will not win the election. But I think we will have another cycle in 2024 where a voice emerges that speaks that kind of did what Trump did, but with a little bit more uh ease for the people that like there's going to be less people that hate them. But they won't win, obviously, because the election isn't real. But when they don't win, I think that's it. Like, I think after one more election, it's like, okay, it's go time. Because I think people are, like, giving it one more chance. Like, all right. We'll see what Biden does. I hate him so much. He sucks. He's ruining the country, but... What are you going to do? You know, like, people voted. I don't really think that this... I don't think that this election was real, but... It is what it is. We're going to get them next time. And when you don't get them next time... We have to be prepared for, like... 
what happens. I don't know, man. It's a long ways away. Yeah, so much is so much is gonna happen between now and then. A lot. And I don't know if I don't know anything. Who knows? I think that the best we can hope for is that we get to 2024 and we have two candidates that run and an election happens and we all have confidence in the outcome of it. That would be a great scenario. <laughs> it seems like a fantasy world. Yeah, I was going to say, I just don't see a situation <laughs> where, like, whether it's a Republican who wins, the entire left is going to be like, this is a lie! Uh, yeah. And then if the left wins the entire left, going to be like, this isn't real! Like, so... It's over. <laughs> it's over. No, say, seriously. Like, we always end at the no, same no. spot. No, but seriously, think about it. If you have a society where, like, you can visually... This is what I want no, to no, talk wait, about. No, no, wait, hold on. Yeah. If you have a society where you can really look ahead into the future and say, if there was an election tomorrow, does it matter the outcome? Would anyone accept it? And the answer is no. Only, the, like, that's not a functioning society. Like, that's not real. That's not life. So, like, you have to fix that. You can't just. We can't just try to ignore it and assume it's going to get better. Well, you're right. And I'm right. But it is over. Correct. But I, this is touches on something that I wanted to bring up. Oh, the are you talking about the whole Mayan calendar? The Mayan thing calendar again? thing. Oh god. I brought it up a few episodes back, <laughs> and I didn't express it well. But this is something I thought a lot about and have thought before. But the Mayans weren't wrong about the 2012 prediction. I think that was actually the end of things. Like, that's pretty much when I realized the Obama administration was a crock of shit. After I voted for Obama in 2012, and things got worse. Then you get a whole year. You get from January of... Well, not that really is a whole year, because he was already in president, but sure. You get a whole year from January all the way back to December, and you're like, hmm... This is the same thing <laughs> that we just watched for four years. And I think it was just like, the that was maybe when the cultural awakening began and the end of the old cycle. What year was Occupy Wall Street? 2010. Right? So, I mean, it's... Yeah, so, like, we're all on the same track there. So, like, there was this... Like, I think Occupy Wall Street's probably, like, the very beginning of it. Yeah, the real cultural awakening. Yeah. So maybe we're at the like maybe we are at the end of a cultural awakening where the the political establishment is going to have to fall. Like it's going it to have to, to fall one way or another. Dude, I follow and, so many anarchist libertarian people on Twitter. Like and they get so many followers and retweets and responses that are like all in agreement. There's a lot of people that want this government to topple. A lot. They deserve it. And they deserve it. Cuz they did it themselves. That is to all of us. We're victims. We're victims of a tyrannical government. So you think it ended in 2012? I think it's really when it, like, that was the end of the old cycle. Maybe that's what the, the calendar wasn't predicting, like, a doomsday. It was predicting the last day of, like, think of it as maybe, like, a golden age. Or an old age. Like, whatever. Yeah. And that's a new era. It's like, after this, we can't... We don't know what's next. It's like, good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we're just in that time now. And, like, for the longest time, we all, like, took it as, like, 2012, that's it. Sun's going to burn up on that day. And it's yeah. like, no, they were just, like, looking ahead and they went. Things are going to collapse. <laughs> and, like, this is just what a slow decline looks like. Yeah, like, I think that's the other thing, too, is I think people probably, me included, like, thought it'd be, like, this real clean blow up right like let's topple it all and then let's pick up the pieces yeah but instead it's like 
one brick this is like every the, the erosion of this is the erosion of trust and it's like well like almost think of it like a city right like a brand new city looks brand new look at Detroit back when it was Detroit Motor City yeah. baby go to Detroit now yeah what does it look like like that's what we currently look like as as like a society you know if you use like that visual like we were this beautiful booming new city and then you know like some opium crisis yeah like something hits the city it's not great people move out some undesirables move in things change and then it's just like you're left with the city that's like you're you haven't you don't run the street sweepers anymore there's cracks everywhere you don't fill potholes the buildings are all abandoned. We shouldn't live here anymore. Because it's not safe. So let's rebuild this city. On rock and roll. We built this city! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you're right. We're... I don't think we're that bad. Like, we're not like... And Detroit's on the ups. In some spots. So that's good. And that's the that's the sign, though. Like, the greatest aspect and like this is why i always say like i think i'm i think i'm an optimist the greatest thing about us is that we're human like it is a beautiful thing that we're human humans have been proven over time to be incredibly resilient and i believe that we aren't the first civilization that we've ever had that has achieved advanced technology i believe that there was once a global civilization of some kind I believe that the Egyptians and the Mayans and all these great, and the Romans and all these great civilizations that rose and fell are, are testimonies to what humans can achieve. And I don't think that even if America falls or if China takes over, or if the world blows itself up in a nuclear holocaust, I don't think that's the end of our story. And I think that we're blessed to live in a time where we can kind of still write this story. And it's unfortunate that we have to do it at each other's throats. We could be writing a beautiful future if we just recognize the truth here, which is that we're living at the end of that era. If we recognize that that, they have to die. And I don't mean that in like, I don't want to go wish anyone violence. I'm not wishing any harm on anyone. But I mean like that system needs to die. Correct. That system needs to go away. It is a dog with a festering wound. It needs to lay under a porch and it needs to die. And we have to be the ones that recognize that because we're coming of age. You're going to be 30. I'm 31. If they don't succeed in killing us all off in a plague or with some fucking science experiment, then we're going to be the ones that have to recognize that and rebuild something that's meaningful to the people we're going to leave behind us. At this point, it's very much a... We got to get them before they get us. (laughs) They're out to get us. It's going to be one of us. And guess what? It ain't gonna be fucking me. <laughs> so you're going down. Yeah, that's where we're at. Alright, well, this is just a show for your entertainment. Have a good night. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>
recording please, as we do new spot i don't know how this is going to sound so this is currently recording so well we're going to hear the the locusts those crickets I think those are, yeah i think those are crickets are they the same thing nope they're totally the same you're a pest control specialist locusts are just crickets thing? who don't have sex that didn't have sex what are you talking about pretty sure that's true what are you doing? Smells so good. <laughs> I miss you so much. <laughs> Look at the boats out there. We have a new. So we're on the. Me and you used to have such a different relationship. We're recording from the big deck. Uh, it smells citrusy. It is a little, right? It's called sl- slushy. Oh, I don't know if I like that. Where'd you get it? Actually, don't answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, so yeah, I mean, we have plenty to talk about. Like what? <laughs> hey! what I tell you? See, this is not going to work. Quinn! Quinn! That's definitely going to show up on the broadcast. Yeah, it's very <laughs> loud. It's a loud bark that was five feet away from the microphone. Anytime someone walks, he's going to bark. You have to put him inside. Alright, well, it was a good test recording. We can hear how that sounds. <laughs>